When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. The two teams that expressed the most interest in Todd Gurley when the Rams were shopping him were the Falcons and Dolphins. And so Todd Gurley opts to go home where he played college football at Georgia. The Falcons needed a running back to help replace Devonta Freeman, and so the deal is done. All right, back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin. I always thought it was Devonte Freeman, not Devonta. Yeah, it's not Devonta, it's Devonte. Oh, okay. It's thought, spelled Devonta, uh, but I've it is Devonte Freeman. You know what was weird is when everyone called Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor for his whole life. And then they, then they claimed it was Tyrod, and then everyone was like, no. No, not calling him Tyrod. Nope, not happening. You are Tyrod Taylor. That is what we are calling you. Uh, and now uh, joining us on the show here, Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin, Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. Is that uh, going to be the Chargers opening day quarterback, Eric Tyrod Taylor? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it'd be like if somebody called me like Edgar my whole life, and then I finally was like, no, it's like the word, man. Uh, that that. I I certainly hope that they give somebody like Cam Newton a chance. Um, maybe Jameis. Um, you know, some. I I wouldn't go so far as to say Andy Dalton because I think Tyrod's actually better than him. But the it is it is strange that they're 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 sort of rolling this dice. I think one of the reasons they might be doing that is because you know the the sixth pick in the draft is a is a prime spot for somebody to take Justin Herbert. I wouldn't take him there, but I do think. Maybe, you know, them signaling to everybody that wink, wink, Tyrod's our quarterback, just like he was the quarterback of the Browns in 2018. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you better, you better move up ahead of us to get a quarterback if you really want one. <laughs> so moving across the country to the other side of the United States, uh, is the Patriots and their quarterback situation. On Sunday, they agreed to terms with Brian Hoyer. Uh, so their quarterback room right now, Brian Hoyer, Cody Kessler, and second year player Jarrett Stidham. Now, are they done? Because I know the talk about Andy Dalton, oh, the Patriots are a perfect fit. Well, Andy Dalton's not that good. Like, I don't know why everybody thought, like, oh, this is a huge, this would be a huge transaction for the New England Patriots if they can get him. He's the best quarterback remaining on the free agent market, or even, you know, via trade. Is he? Um, so, I mean, what are they doing? Are they done? Like, wh- where do you see the situation going for them? You know, 
I think that they're going to tank this year. And the reason why is, I mean, if you look at their cap space, I believe they're one of the worst in the NFL at it. Yeah, exactly. And then if you look, they traded a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu last year. Uh, So, you know, other than their first pick, they're, you know, they're pretty, like, bare there. And But if you look ahead one year, just one year, they go to being $100 in cap space uh, and then a double-digit draft picks. So, you know, Belichick's probably the one coach in the NFL that has the equity to lose all 16 games in one season and not get fired. And, and I think he and, and I think when he stares down the barrel at this, he's probably going to uh, not try to lose every game, but he's probably not going to actively try to win. With respect to Dalton, he's been a decent quarterback when he's had good support. The problem with the Patriots is I think it's become pretty apparent that the support for Brady last year was really bad. You know, Eric, I was thinking of this while I was jogging the other day and I was listening to you and George Shahuri debate whether the Patriots would tank. And I think I've got it figured out that Belichick takes a year off to focus on his family from coaching. Like, ah, uh, you know, I just this this coronavirus and quarantining really made me realize how much I need to be near my family for just this one next season. And then, and then so it's like, oh, uh, okay, well, what Josh McDaniels, why don't you just coach Brian Hoyer and just see how it goes? And I'll return in 2021. I think that's what Belichick will do. He's that savvy because how can you GM, how can you be GM and coach and then tank yourself? You know, right? I mean, he's just, it's almost like he's too good of a coach to even lose that many games. Even when they were bad last year, they still win 12 games. It's sort of like taking a gap year between high school and college, right? Yes, exactly. You know, between quarterbacks, he's just going to take a gap year. Uh, Yeah, what what he should really do um, is find a way to get suspended for a year like Sean Payton. So it's not (laughs) like he's, like, taking the year off. But he gets like the mental break. I'm sure we can dig up some cheating things. that went on. I, I, right, like I was going to say, there's, there's there's probably way more on Belichick than there is on Peyton. Well, what's more illegal? I mean, I think what Sean Payton did and the reasons that he got suspended were quite uh, quite a ways worse than uh, anything we could probably find on Belichick. But who knows? I mean, the guy is basically mafioso, so <laughs> we could figure out something. On that note of like a sabbatical and a gap year, do you feel like that might be where things are trending with Cam Newton? You know that's a good that's a good question. I think I think you know when you look at Newton and I think everybody's wrong about Newton. The guys who really really like him, I think, are overestimating him. And there's plenty of people who think he's a bum who are completely wrong, right? But the 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 where he adds his value is through running the football. You know, he's the first quarterback we've seen run power. Uh, you know, he he's so good at that sort of like being nimble with his feet, but also being able to make the intermediate throws in a season ago with, with the Carolina Panthers, he had negative two yards rushing in the first two games. And it sort of shows, you know, he's sort of limited when he can't do uh, the running and maybe a year off just to get his body right completely would, would serve him really well. Talking with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. So I wrote a piece using the PFF data on how much the Vikings uh, schedule is going to be harder or easier because of what happened in free agency. The obvious harder is the NFC South. Drew Brees came back. And even Teddy being in Carolina, wouldn't it be the one Vikings loss per year that sneaks up on us for Teddy to come to U.S. Bank Stadium and win? But then also Tom Brady now plays for the Tampa Bay Bucks. On the other side of the coin, I present you the AFC self so how have things changed yeah. in, in your mind for what the uh, vikings will face and the opponents on their 2020 schedule yeah it's really interesting right because 
the I, I I still think though if you play Houston with the uh, Deshaun Watson, he's a better quarterback than Kirk, and the defense, the secondary for the Vikings right now, it's probably going to be so bad that somebody like Will Fuller will have a good game against them. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think it's tougher for them, not only in the off divisions that they play, but also in their own division. If you look at the Detroit Lions, you know, I, I say this every single year, but they, they're, you know, their quarterback is better than the Vikings quarterback. Their defense right now is obviously has more good players and more depth than the Vikings defense has. And their receivers and Marvin Jones and Kenny, Kenny Galladay are very, very good. Um, obviously Patricia, I think, is nowhere near as good of a coach as Zimmer is. But, you know, even in that in the in the North Division, I think the Bears and the Lions get better than they were last year and, and they were already swept by Green Bay. So it it's just not you know, it's it's gonna be a tough road for the Vikings just from, you know, having, you know, a, an already difficult schedule to begin with and then having gotten worse so far uh since the league year started. So the NFL draft is apparently going to be all wrapped up one month from now goes on april 23rd through the 25th that is the scheduled start and end date to it currently now the nhl yesterday uh might be setting a precedent we don't know maybe they will follow it but they say that they are considering pushing their draft back which right now it's set for june What's going to happen here with the NFL? Because it honestly kind of feels tone deaf at this point, Eric, when we know that the coronavirus concerns are probably going to be at their peak in April because we have been told by medical experts, not Roger Goodell, but medical experts, that this thing is going to be at its peak, getting worse before it gets better. Um, They already went on with free agency amid a lot of concerns from front offices, some very angry general managers, uh, the NFLPA getting a lot of flack because they didn't want to move back the schedule whatever it's already happened but from what you know and your understanding what do you think's going to happen with the nfl draft uh is it happening a month from now do we see it pushed back i see i see two different i see both sides have merit in a couple ways for what so for the pushing it back i totally get what you're saying in that like handing out million dollar contracts to people in a time when a lot of folks are unemployed or uh, just struggling to make ends meet is very tone deaf. And it's something that I don't think uh, is a great look at times. Um, and it also might give, it also might give rise to an opinion where the essentially the, this isn't that bad, right? Which I mm-hmm. think the biggest concern, if you're worried about the league starting on time, is not what's currently happening. It's if we allow people to re-disperse and then we have a second outbreak. To me, that's the that's the biggest risk if you're thinking about whether the league will start uh, in September. Um, the other side of it, though, is what I see is that the, we, as far as encouraging people to stay home, uh, it, it, it's important to have live events because people will stay inside and watch them as opposed to, uh, you know, not social distancing. So, and people are really hungry right now for events, and this is an event that can occur without people interacting physically with each other. So I see it from both sides. I do agree, though, that the tone deafness is something that they really they, – the NFL's never been good at addressing, but that that's something that they really need to think about. 
I, I'm a little bit, with when it comes to GMs complaining about the draft and free agency happening too early, I just think that's because they want the extra time to prepare. <laughs> yeah, no, you're probably right about that, um, because they don't generally show um, social consciousness otherwise uh, in this world. So, yeah, Eric, how about this for the draft? Let's say they do go forward with it. Adam Schefter proposed doing it over seven days, which I kind of hate because the sixth round, I mean, sorry, Adam, there's yeah. no drama left at that point. But my idea was to break up the first round into two sections or even three sections over three nights and be in part because the the first round is dreadfully long i mean it really goes on all night and i think that there's time to break that up but also you get sort of that extra drama of this really matters for three nights and then you could do the second the third i i think that a creative idea like that if you're going to go forward with it is the right way to go yeah, to the point that I just made, it's like the more things that you can have that are alive and that get keep people engaged and keep people's morale up, it, the better, right? I, I think the worst thing they could do is to have the draft all in one day, and the best thing they could do is figure out a smart way to have it go over seven days where, where every single day is, is compelling for people. Um, and I do think that splitting up the first few rounds that, that way would also create, so let's say you split the first round into four days, well, between pick eight and nine now, there's probably going to be more trades, right? Because you have an entire day to sleep on it and all that kind of stuff. So, no, I, I agree with you. I think that they have to dramatize this because, again, like you're trying to balance this idea of like taking this seriously, being socially conscious, but also giving people entertainment in a time when not a whole lot is entertaining. Maybe I'm in the minority here, but a first round that drags on three days <laughs> makes me want to run away, and I hope that that doesn't happen. Although I would like to see maybe a little bit more of a spread out, not seven days of that. Um, but hey, as you know, the Vikings love to be active in the sixth and seventh round, so it could get pretty busy for both Matthew and I. Um, as far as the Vikings right now, it's kind of been quiet. There really hasn't been much movement. One big free agent that's out there still, though, is Washington left tackle Trent Williams. Now, we know from different reports and stuff that we've heard that there's kind of a stalemate going on. They don't want to cut him because uh, they don't want to get nothing back in return for a player of his caliber, but they haven't clearly, if they've gotten any trade offers, they haven't agreed to any of them uh, for where it stands right now. How does this end for Washington, and do you think that he ends up with the Minnesota Vikings? Well, I, I don't think he stays in Washington just because even though Ron Rivera seems from all indications to be a great guy, it's, it's got to be, it's up top there, right? And Bruce Allen was part of the problem and he's gone. But I think Daniel Snyder is somebody that a lot of players don't necessarily like, uh, especially anymore. As far as Minnesota, the, the hard part is, is even with a tackle at that age, the price tag's expensive. I mean, Andrew Whitworth, five years older than, or more than five years older, uh, then Williams got a big deal, even in free agency. So the Vikings would have to go out of their way to, you know, cut Riley Reef, for example. And I think a lot of people who are, uh, you know, optimistic about the offensive line see Reef as a guard, but he would almost have to, you know, go all, all together. Um, and it would, and that's a lot of money to tie up when in reality, like I know they signed Tajay Sharp yesterday, but in reality, their biggest problem is that they don't have players to catch the ball from Kirk Cousins. Uh, and and is, as good as Williams is, it's not going to it's not going to help Kirk to have three seconds in the pocket if there's only one player on that offense that's viable downfield. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, we were looking at earlier in the show with Courtney, our draft scout, some of the wide receivers that could go in the first round. 
But it's hard when you have no players at a number of positions, Eric, to focus on wide receiver, especially in an offense that doesn't throw as much as other offenses in the NFL, the third fewest pass attempts in the entire league. And I guess I could go back and forth on this a little bit. Now, I always believe the more weapons you can have, the better your chance is to go to the Super Bowl. So fundamentally, I would say spend 22 on a receiver because that's your best chance to improve yourself. But if your offense is going to focus on two tight ends, sets and one receiver going deep down the field and have CJ Ham, who's now making a, a good chunk of money in all the time. Does it make a difference what your system is to be able to do that? Oh, absolutely. But I think the issue is that the system is far more uh, dependent on game script than we want to give it credit for. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that offense dictates a lot of stuff and on early downs, you can dictate your usage of heavy personnel and that and the like. But I think we underestimate the fact that, A, the Vikings' defense was a lot better than their personnel last year, in part because they played six or seven backup quarterbacks during the course of the year. And then Kirk played a lot better in sort of un- in structured settings than, than he had the previous year, play action, uh, you know, bootlegs, you know, rolling left. I think you found the stat that he was like a perfect passer last year, all that kind of stuff. And the chances of that happening are lower this year, right? Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook's going to have a, a target on his back. Um, the offensive line's probably going to regress from an injury perspective, even if they get Trent Williams. And then, uh, you know, their, and their defense isn't going to be very good. So when you look at, you know, are they going to be in situations where they can run 21 personnel, 12 personnel, 13 personnel, all that kind of stuff, and, and have it be something that the defense is scared of a two-way go with them, I think they're going to be less able to because they're going to be behind in more games because, as you said, their schedule is harder. And, you know, they're just not going to be able to attack the way that they want to as much. And as such, you're going to need to do what they did a lot in 2018, which is be in the shotgun with three wide receivers and throw the football when another team knows you're going to. Yeah, I agree. A lot of games are won on whether you can convert on third and eight in a key situation, and you can't run play action at that point. you just got to find somebody open in a three-wide receiver, four-wide receiver set, and right now I'm not sure they have four-wide receivers. Uh, more importantly, Eric, I watched the 1989 final game of the season where the Vikings had to win to get in the playoffs against the Bengals on Monday Night Football, and it was awesome. Is that the 89 team the best defensive line of all time? Chris Dolman, 21 sacks. Yep. Al Noga, 11 and a half. Keith Millard, 18 sacks. And Henry Thomas adds nine sacks to that team. They got uh, Boomer Esiason six times in that game, and it was super fun to watch. That was a game where uh, I think Keith Millard had already won Defensive Player of the Year and had... And Dolman like went out and had like four sacks. Four sacks, yep. Sack, That's correct. Sack title. Yep. And then so then of course he's tilted because he doesn't win the defensive player of the year. Henry Thomas being a guy who had a hundred career sacks, but the fourth best defensive lineman on that team <laughs> just tells you everything you need to know about it. I mean, that was that team, Carl Lee was a great corner, Joey Browner. They had a, a guy named Mike Merriweather that could that was kinda like what Anthony Barr should be, but isn't. And it was sort of like all these that was just a great defense, and uh, and and of course they 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 blew it all up by trading for Herschel Walker that year. Yeah, and uh, the broadcast rips the Herschel Walker trade repeatedly. And also, the best part of it is that Wade Wilson throws the essential dagger touchdown to a tight end, number three tight end, Brent Novoselsky, Selsky, Novoselsky, which is an amazing number three tight end. 
He had four catches the whole year, and that was one of them. And it's this amazing, like, drop-in-the-bucket throw. It's a great game. You should go back and watch it on YouTube. So that's one for you, Eric, as you are quarantined with the rest of the world. And uh, we could talk more throwback Thursday, way back Wednesday. Uh, there ain't no freaking sports Friday, whatever way you want to do it. <laughs> I like uh, that last one. <laughs> so we'll, we'll do it again soon, Eric. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, we're doing a, an old game tonight on YouTube. If you want to come watch uh, Chris, me, Mina Kimes, and uh, Sam watch, uh, I think it's the 2014 Super Bowl. So, uh, have, yeah, like we're we're trying to we're trying to do that same thing here. Uh, go back and watch some games that have already happened. That is all we can do at the moment, Eric. Thanks for your time. We'll talk soon. Take care. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.